Brilliant. Thank you, Tim, very much indeed. Now, now you might want to just keep a, a sort of finger in Hebrews 2 and then turn back to Psalm 8. We are looking at Psalm 8 today, but of course, as with all of the Old Testament, where you find it referred to in the New Testament, it's, you need to understand what, what the New Testament is saying about Psalm 8. And so uh, we will come back to, uh, to Hebrews uh, 2. But we uh, turn your finger back to, to Psalm 8, turn your Bibles back. It's on page um, 546. And um, uh, C.S. Lewis described Psalm 8 as, as an exquisite lyric because it is a beautiful song uh, that speaks about God and it speaks about us. If you read this psalm, it's, it's kind of, it's theology and anthropology. That is, it, it describes and is the study of God, and it is described and is the study of man, of kind, of human beings. So it helps us to understand this psalm more about who God is and more about who we are. And therefore, unsurprisingly, it takes us to Jesus, who is fully God and fully human, where we understand true humanity and true divinity. And that's why we're going to go to Hebrews 2 as we get towards the end. But this is a psalm that's full of glory. Uh, right there at the, at the start, it's a psalm that's full of glory. And, and uh, so our three headings this morning are, are going to be praise God for his glory, give thanks to God for our reflected glory as human beings, and then look to Jesus for his eternal glory that we can enjoy with him. Um, let, me, let me just pray and that we would see something of this in God's word. Father, we thank you that we've got your word in our hands and your spirit in our hearts. And we pray that you would speak into our lives. Uh, Lord, you know what we need to hear today. So Lord, give us ears to hear uh, your voice. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So praise God for his glory. We've, uh, I don't know if you... Um, you do memory verses or learn the Bible and sort of commit things to memory. I think it's, it's a really good idea. Not everyone is, likes doing that, but it's, it's a really good one. But anyway, we've, we've learned one already this morning. Haven't we? Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've, you've now got that into your head. Uh, it is a, a, a psalm of praise, this, and we can use it to, to praise God. Uh, you set your glory, he says, he carries on, in the heavens. And we live in a stunning creation, we know that, if you, whether it's the seven natural wonders of the world that we've thought about, or whether it's uh, the beautiful scent of a rose, uh, that you just stop and pause to breathe in that, that scent, or whether it's the colors of a sunset, uh, or it's the simple things in, in life, there's always reason to be praising God, to, to saying with David, oh Lord, I, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, your heavens are full of the glory. And it's important that because we are people of praise. That is who we are as Christian people. We are people of praise who want to always be giving him the glory. And we see creation all around us, so we're constantly reminded of how we can do that. Even if we haven't got our Bible open uh, uh, each day, do get your Bible open each day because that's where you'll see special revelation. But, but even as we walk through creation, uh, we, we see God's glory and, and he calls us to turn it to to praise. And so um, we, uh, uh, we say, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It's interesting, Psalm 8 is a, is a bit of a sort of sudden change of mood because Psalms 3 to 7 are, are uh, psalms of lament. 
David is being attacked. He's being hemmed in by enemies. He's, he's suffering and struggling and he's crying out and he's being honest. And, and that's really important that we as Christians are honest. That when things are hard and difficult, we do cry out to God. We don't sort of put a mask on and say, oh no, everything's fine, praise the Lord. You know, we, we, we need to be honest before God. But I think this switch from three to seven to eight uh, is a reminder that, that even when life is hard, we can still praise God. We can still turn our hearts to give him glory. And, uh, and I think for, for, for David, um, you know, he was a shepherd boy. He was out in the, in the, in the dark, and uh, he, was, he would have been looking up to the night sky in Palestine. No um, artificial light, nothing clouding or, or being, stopping him seeing this most phenomenal sky. And he says, your glory are in the heavens. So he looks up and he sees that incredible uh, sky. This contemplation on, on creation uh, leads to Praise, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, your glory is above the heavens. I remember um, once going on a, on a walk with, with my book group, we had six blokes, we'd been meeting for about 14, 15 years, uh, reading books every couple of months, and, and then once a year we'd go off on a walk together. And um, uh, we were doing uh, the coast-to-coast walk, and we were in the Lake District, and we climbed up Helvellyn, one morning, early morning, thick fog, thick mist and fog, and we were going to go up Helvellyn, and the, the idea was to go to cross Striding Edge and, and, and carry on the route, but we got to the top of Helvellyn, it was totally thick with bank of fog, and, and we thought, oh, we're going to just have to go back the way we came, and then sort of walk around. And, and we stood sort of looking where we thought with a compass uh, that that probably was Striding Edge, and, and it was just a thick bank of fog. And, and we kind of think, okay, we're going to turn around. And, and then as we were looking, there was just there was a little thing. And we said, is, is, that, is that something? Is that, is that? We said, no, no, it's just fog. It's just an imagination. And then I said, no, no. And, and we saw a sort of peak in the, just a little glimpse of a peak, just through the cloud, through the fog. And, and then uh, about literally within a, a few seconds and then minutes, this, this started appearing, the, the clouds started lifting, the, the fog started, we saw the peak and then another peak and then the glory of striding edge, if you've ever seen it, is coming out in front of us. And suddenly, you know, within literally probably five or ten minutes, the, 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 the sun had broken through everything and we saw this most incredible, spectacular view. It was like an epiphany, it really was, there was the glory of God in creation just opening up and and. Uh, my book group were a bit, you know, sadly, rationalist, reductionist, not Christians. And, 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 and I said, well, you, this is just epiphany, isn't it? This is amazing. This is the glory of, of God in creation. You, surely you can see that. And they said, well, it's, you know, it was, it was just sort of, um, you know, it's the way air currents move and they separate out the, the clouds. And, they, 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 and I think, no. But I think even then, we, we often still refer to that time back 15 years later because it was a moment of, of epiphany. And... I just want to say, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And I think they wanted to as well, but they just wouldn't do it. Um, But I'm praying that they will. Praise God for his glory. Uh, That's where this psalm starts and and finishes. Um, It starts and and ends there. And therefore, um, uh, we should be people who praise. But but if we see, it starts and finishes there, but it turns very quickly to uh, the center of creation, 
you know, amidst this immense, spectacular creation, there is the little tiny us as the, the pinnacle of creation. So we praise God for his glory as we also give thanks to God for our reflected glory. Uh, verses 3 to 8, verse 4 begins, you know, what is mankind? What is mankind? It's a good question, that, isn't it? I mean, there's loads and loads of answers we could give to the question, what is mankind? What is a human being? Uh, you know, physics, chemistry, uh, uh, and biology, they'll tell us certain things about what a human being is. Uh, sociology and psychology will tell us other things. Uh, history, geography, anthropology will tell us more things about what a human being is. And they're all things that are worth studying to, dis to, to explore how God has designed his world and, and made us. Uh, but it is God's word that truly tells us what mankind is, what human being is. Because this is the word of the designer who describes and explains and knows exactly what he's designed. And so in this psalm, there are, there are three things, I think, that, that mark us out, that mark us what us human beings are. And, and the first I'd, I'd want to say is, uh, is that we're marked by fragility as human beings. You know, David is staring up at the heavens, at the glory of the skies, at this magnificence, the immensity, the apparent permanence of the, the stars in the sky, uh, and, and it's worth doing that and sometime just staring up and seeing this magnificent sky when you get a clear night. But there's a sense of astonishment, isn't it? In verse 3, have a look down. He says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, this incredible thing that you've put in place, what is mankind, he says, that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. He sees in the greatness of the heavens this tiny little human being. He says, what, what, are you, what do you care about human beings? Because they're so small, finite, feeble, not very magnificent, not very big. I mean, you are amazing. You don't believe, you know, believe that because that's true. Um, but if you could also look around and say, you're feeble, couldn't you? You could look at the person next to you and say, you're a bit fragile, you're a bit feeble. I won't do that because it's less, less encouraging. Um, but, uh, but it's true. In, in, in you know, uh, uh, you know, 80 or 90 years, human life, come and gone just like that. Uh, first century life expectancy, more like 35 or 40. Uh, they would have hardly left their village, probably. Many of those people had grown up and brought up in that place. In contrast with the heaven and the earth. So permanent, so solid, hundreds of millions, billions of, of years. Us human beings are small and fragile. And of course, we know it, don't we? And we feel it at times. We feel how small and fragile we are. Particularly when we get ill, or we get old, or, or, or we're suffering. We can feel how small we are. And, and it's humbling, and it's right to be humbled, because human pride is is not a good thing. Human pride makes us, puffs us up. Uh, it's good to recognize our frailty. And yet, there's the wonderful thing, frail and yet loved and cared for by God. And so, uh, fragility is one mark, but, but dignity is another. Look at verse 5. Uh, you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. David has in mind, of course, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, human beings, the climax of creation. Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God is glorious. As he creates people made in his image, they too are glorious. Or at least they reflect his his glory. So each person uh, uh, here bears God's glory, crowned with glory and honor. That honor is a gift from God for which we're to be thankful. You know, it bestows on every single human being this a, a dignity and an honor. This is the basis, of course, for why Christians would defend the right to life of an unborn baby. Because they're made in God's image with glory and honor. It's not something earned or achieved or performance is good enough to, to make you, you know, you're made in God's image. That's why we, as Christians, want to support and care for those most vulnerable, those most marginalized in society. This dignity affects the way we see ourselves. It's the tragedy of the the sort of epidemic of self-loathing, of self-hatred. It affects the way we see others. You know, every person who you will look into the eyes of this week is someone who is made in the image of God, who is crowned with glory and honor, is someone to be loved and cherished. You know, whether it's the boss or your family member or the person on the checkout. It's the problem with this striving for human identity without God, causing so much challenge and struggle in our society, particularly with our young people. Jesus, God says, no, you're made with dignity. Yes, fragile because you're small and finite and feeble and you need to trust me, but, but you're made with dignity because you reflect my glory and you reflect my, my honor. You're made in my image. And then uh, the third mark is that of authority. Verse six, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swims are the paths of the seas. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. Again, he's echoing Genesis chapter 1, where where uniquely made in God's image, God then says you've got to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it, steward it would be a better word than subdue and rule, I guess, have this connotation of, of, of some sort of ownership or some kind of and 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 the bible is very clear we don't own the world god doesn't say oh here's the world you have it and you do whatever you like with it no he says i'm god over the world it's my world but but i'm giving you as my made in my image rulers to to care for it to steward it to under my authority you know the way we've taken it out of god's hands or tried to has led to this desperate climate emergency and 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 the tragedy of a world gone gone wrong but but the truth is we have authority to, to steward the world, to care for it. You know, whether that's this kind of mega scale of how governments and corporations manage the earth's resources and in terms of farming and industry and climate and water resources and you know, the exploration of space and all the, the, the sort of uh, how, how we do that, or whether it's just the micro scale of how you and I use the resources we've been given how we go about our work, how we tend our gardens, how we look after our pets or consume resources or whatever it is. We, you know, we have authority and responsibility to, to steward God's world, to care for it. That is part of our wonderful privilege as human beings. 
So what is mankind? What is, human? what is a human being? Well, the psalm seems to say, small and fragile, but given dignity and authority from God as we are made in his image. And I think we need to reflect on that regularly. Uh, it establishes a right sense of humble confidence in God, in who we are. We're not having to strive for our, our identity. We're not having to, to perform well enough to, to be called a, a, a good enough human being. That's what the world is wanting to say. It's wanting to say, you know, you've got to be this, you've got to be that, you've got to be uh, uh, good enough, strong enough, achieve enough, perform enough. You've got to compare yourself with the world around you. If you're not there, then, then you're nobody. And God says, no, you are somebody. You are made in my image. You'll feel your weakness so you can trust me, but but you're full of dignity, full of authority. You need to believe that. And then you need to live in the world as God intends. And that's, that's brilliant, isn't it? You, you've put everything under your feet, says God, to human beings. And we think, wow, human beings made in God's image, made to rule. What a world we're living in. Everything should be perfect because God is God and we are made in his image and, and the world should be then therefore wonderful and brilliant and in lots of ways there's wonderful and brilliant things isn't there in God's world and yet we look around and we see a mess. We see a world dysfunctional, broken. We see climate emergency. I look at my lawn and it's brown because there's no rain because there's Heat is so strong for the uh, several months. Uh, I, I look on my TV screens and I see war and we try to raise a bit of money for refugees. Why are the refugees? Because this world is a mess. Because human beings who are made in God's image with authority and dignity uh, to rule and to steward the world have messed it up. Because we've pushed God out of his rightful place. We've taken uh, our... Uh, um, uh, our, our responsibility and we've uh, abdicated it or we've abused it and we've abused God's world because we've pushed him out. And so what we see here is, is not what God intended. Or at least uh, this humanity that we are Amazing as we are, you can look at each other and say you're amazing, but you can also look at each other and say you're fallen, you're broken, you're not as you should be. Your image in God has been defaced and marred because of sin. And so we need someone who will fulfill this psalm. We need someone who, who, who will be the true human being, the perfect man, the one who was always intended to come to show us what true humanity is like and to restore the dignity, to restore the honor, to restore the glory. And so this psalm points us to uh, the book of Hebrews. And if you want to turn back to the book of Hebrews on page 1202, uh, you can, because uh, there we are reminded that we've got to look to Jesus for our eternal glory. Glory here is messed up, and we are looking for the eternal glory. And so we look to Jesus because... The writer of Hebrews takes this psalm and he says this is not about uh, angels, it's not about Moses, it is about Jesus. It's not the angels that he subjected the world to come about which we're speaking. But then he quotes Psalm 8. And as we look at Jesus in the Gospels, of course, we see his fragility. He was born a tiny baby in a backwater uh, nation in the Middle East, 
put in a, in a, born in and laid in a manger, uh, fleeing for his life as a refugee. He has entered into our fragility, the Lord Jesus. Amazing. King of heaven comes down and enters into our fragility. In Jesus, of course, we see his dignity too, crowned with glory and honor. At his baptism, the voice from heaven, God himself says, this is my son whom I love. Uh, with him I'm well pleased. In the transfiguration, he glows white and Jesus uh, hears the voice, says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Uh, Jesus is crowned with glory and honor. And of course, he's full of authority. We see that as you read the Gospels. We've been seeing that in Luke's Gospel. Jesus you know, calming a storm, walking on water, uh, healing the sick, raising the dead. Uh, Jesus is full of authority. And here uh, in Hebrews 2, we see that he is the second Adam, the man, uh, the true man, who God has put everything under his feet. Uh, we see doing things that fallen people could never do at verse 9 but we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone and in so in bringing many sons and daughters to glory Jesus came into the world uh, as a human being to model and demonstrate what true humanity is and then he takes true humanity uh, to the cross as our representative he he dies there in his death he takes all the ways we've messed the world up all the ways we've pushed god out all the ways we've damaged uh, one another jesus carries that on the cross he tastes death for everyone and then he ascends to glory and everything is now put under his feet and he's He's our representative, he's our true man. We now, as we come to Jesus, uh, find that true humanity again restored to us. And Hebrews talks about the future, uh, this day, and we'll see that one day. But of course, if you're a Christian, it started now. If you've come to the Lord Jesus, uh, then you've been joined to his humanity You've been joined to him. And the Bible says we now are seated with him spiritually in heaven. Uh, over uh, all evil and, and death. And the Bible carries on to, to say that one day we will uh, see that in all its fullness. Uh, this is 1 Corinthians, again, this is picked up, this psalm, and Paul says, then the end will come when he, Jesus, hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he's destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. That is all evil dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. And that is our glorious hope for this world, which is messed up and spoiled, that, that there'll be a new creation, that is continuity from this creation uh, in which Jesus is rules and, and in which uh, we too will rule with him. And he'll be free from sin and suffering and death. He'll be full of joy and, and, and life and the fullness of life, and we are, will express our true humanity. Still, there'll be an element of fragility, I think, because we're small compared to the awesome greatness of God. There will be complete dignity, not broken by, by sin, and there'll be ultimate authority as we, together with Jesus, uh, lead and rule. That's where this psalm is, is pointing us. Now it's begun with Jesus as we put our trust in him, keep trusting him daily, and we'll see it one day in all its fullness. So look, as we, as we close, 
If you're not yet a Christian, I want to say to you today, this morning, I don't know if you are a Christian or not, but uh, if you're not, you are amazing because you're made in God's image and you've got huge dignity. But without God at the center of your life, that image is marred, that glory is diminished, that that relationship is ruined and, and he wants to call you back. He wants to call you back to know who you truly are and as soon as you come to Jesus, you discover who you truly are, uh, made in his image, uh, made for glory. So I want to say, open your heart today, even to, to today, to Jesus and, and restore that uh, uh, image in you. If you are a Christian already, well then this psalm calls us to, to be a people of praise. Starts and ends with praise. And we just did miss one verse out, actually, if you, if you want to nip back to, to Psalm 8. Um, which you might have noticed it in verse 2, uh, where he says, Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Uh, see, God chooses the, the children, the infants. He always turns things upside down, God. And uh, you remember the, this entry, this Palm Sunday, and it's the, the children who are singing the praises of Jesus. And uh, he, they silence the, 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 the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And God calls us to be like little children. That's what Jesus says, be like little children. Maybe it's in little children that we see true humanity. Uh, it's in children we see uh, faith and trust. And, uh, and so we are called to be people of praise, praise in our souls uh, like children. Uh, giving God glory, giving him praise. That's why we, we say we should be like children as we see creation. You know, children say, wow, is that amazing? And they see some things and they give God naturally the praise. Well, let's pray that we would be like that, giving God the glory, giving him the praise. Let's, um, we're going to do that in a moment in song. Emma's going to come up and Julia and to, to lead us in, in that praise. Perhaps we just... Let's why don't we stand together for a, for a moment before we sing together. Let's, let's stand so that we can give God the glory. Let's have a moment of, of quiet so we reflect on our own lives, our own humanity. And how we give God the glory and then pray that just in that quietness as the music plays for a moment. Let's pray and receive God's spirit that we would be people of praise, people who look to him, people who treat others this week with great honor, with great dignity. Let's pray that we would be those who receive and keep looking to the Lord Jesus. Perfect man, the true man. And we trust him to restore God's image in us. And we look to that day when we'll see him face to face, become fully like him.
Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, make us those who see your glory in creation and turn it to praise. Lord, help us to see your handiwork in one another, to treat others with dignity and honor. Lord, help us to be those who keep looking to Jesus, putting our whole trust in him. Full of that longing to see him, to be with him, to enjoy a new creation which we rule and reign, free of sin and suffering. Lord, do this in us, we pray.